Jeb closes his eyes as he's like flying forward and thinks back to a time back home where he was playing with Violet and uh, and they were playing Magic Tunnel digging where she would she would dig a hole out in the wall and he would try to to find where she is and as this connection to the to the weave happens uh he supermans his claws like his hands out in front and with his claws he pierces the fabric of reality and pulls it apart and i'm going to cast magic tunnel um which is going to teleport him 250 feet directly into the air bubble with Laodith. Nice. You are next to Lerodith, who is sort of revolving gently um, in the in the water. Like, it's an air bubble, and she is suspended in it. So she's just kind of spinning in place. It's not like the water is actually affecting her. Right. Um, and chat blesses off with a D4 he can add to something in the future. And... Uh, now that you Yay. are next to her, you can see that she has taken significant damage. She's far beyond bloodied. Um, and she's got these great gashes down, like, her body that basically she's been attacked by something that, like, has some sort of flail-type attack. Um, she is illuminated by a single slice of light shift, um, shooting down through the Umbral Sea where those two large steel doors didn't quite close at the center. That slice of light is what's illuminating the space where you are. And she is just kind of resting on her back, suspended there in space, spinning in a circle. The sigil that imprisons her again is impaled through her wings on a pike and then the magic kind of spirals off of that to hold her in place. And then off of the pike on both ends, there are little caps that are attached to hot wires that stretch out into the water. All of this you take in in a breath in an instant as you appear there having cast magic tunnel. And then you look up and you find yourself staring into the eyes of not one, but two aboleths. What are we doing, Jeb? Um, immediately, I'm going to pull out actually I'm going to dual wield big boy and my blunderbuss and start casting shape water left and right just kind of spinning around it there as much as I can to freeze the water around the outside of this bubble to try and make a, sh a shell an encapsulating shell you can either get exactly 15 feet of ice and it will not fully conceal you from the two aboleths in front of you but it will be thick enough that if they attack you with anything, it will have disadvantage. Or you can make your ice sheer enough that it fully encapsulates you and Lerodith, but it will be thin enough that it will not impose any material benefit against an attack. How big is this bubble? Like eight-ish feet in okay. diameter, a 10-foot diameter. Okay. Jeb's initial hope is that once he frees Lerodith, and, and breaks this seal, he doesn't want the water to evaporate and, and to like like break out. So uh, I'm- You would need the thicker ice to achieve that. Okay, then we're going with the thicker ice then. Little ice crystals begin kind of scraping and forming between you and the aboleths. Not quite as fast as you would like, but you're doing your darndest, kind of revolving there in space with the two 
um, weapons. How are you suspending yourself in space or do you fall to the base of the air bubble and land in the water? I presume that when he saw her and teleported in, he would have teleported to the center. Is it possible for me to like grab onto her or grab onto the spear that is penetrating her? Which of those would you like to do? The implications are different. I'm going to land like on her back between her shoulder blades. And her wings, as I said, are kind of outstretched so that they can be impaled. So you're beneath the pike that is impaling both okay. wings. It stretches basically across your head and then you're laying down, kind of holding onto her shoulders. He's rocket raccooning it. Perfect descriptor. So you achieve that and you are suspended and she does not seem to move. You can feel waves of heat sort of mm -hmm. coming off of, not in the way that it'll melt the ice, but like waves of sort of sizzling magical force coming off of the sigil, but it does not damage you from where you are because you have not touched the pike. Um, I would like everybody to roll initiative and let's figure out the turn order we're going to move forward in after this. Dang, not good rolls for the, the baddies tonight. Ooh, All right, yeah. 15 to 20s. I have 21. 19. 17. I'm wiggling. I'm wiggling. Uh, 10 to 14s. Uh, 13. I got 11. And that's all of you. So all the bad guys go after you. Let's go. All right. And with that in mind, Savage Tempest, you are sitting on the staircase extending out of the crystal sort of shell that surrounds Skull Cavern. This You are about two thirds of the way down the staircase, not quite on the ground floor, maybe... 20, 30 shins up from the ground itself. And you are sitting on top of a hogtied fox who for no reason seemed to attack you out of the blue and you weren't sure what was going on. So rather than like respond with lethality, you tied fox up with a rope and you are now sitting on top of fox. And since Mavira sort of poofed out of visibility, you decided you're just going to play some solitaire and wait for your moment. So you have your cards out and they are just, you know, you're kind of playing solitaire right there next to fox and that's the situation of what you can see far below you at the center of Skull, Skull Cavern. Owlin is hacking away at the sort of magical circle that is imprisoning a moonstone dragon. Owlin has broken two of five sections of the kind of magical runes in that area. You don't see Zothkug, who has vanished into the ethereal plane, and you don't see Jeb anymore, who has vanished upwards into the Umbral Sea. Is... Moving all the way to Allen, um, is can that be done in one one turn, or will I have more to do after that? It would take two turns of a full dash action to get to Allen, so that would basically mean you don't take any attacks. You move double your move speed to get to Allen. Well, at this point, I am gonna um, I'm gonna stop playing. Savage is gonna stop playing solitaire. He's kind of bored of it. He's gonna look down. I'm gonna look down at Fox. I'm gonna kind of like see if he's gotten any better. Fox. We're running out of time. Are you all right, bud? Let me go. I, I would love to do that, but like you, you've already tried to attack me a couple times now. Because you're in the way. You're in the way. I don't really know what it, what exactly is going through his head at the moment. It seems that he's just, he, he seems he's pure, but at the same time, I have no idea. And that concludes Savage Tempest's turn. And we cut to Fox, who is tied up beneath Savage. Can I roll a... Uh Sleight of hand uh, to try to, ooh, 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 this is bad, but good. Good, but bad. I got a nat 20. <laughs> You're definitely out of the knot. If it confirms, I'm going to treat it as if you didn't use any of your move for the turn to untie it. It confirmed. 
Ooh. All right. So you have managed to slip out of the knot while Savage was trying to figure out what's going on with you. You know, Savage like moved and eased tension in such a way where you were able to get out of the knots. So you have your full turn available to you, but Savage is still like Ooh. basically sitting on you. So you would still need to make some kind of a post grapple check to escape. That would be dex or strength based. So you could use athletics or acrobatics right, right, right. or I mean, I guess you could just attack like if you could, you know, cause you can grab your dagger or something and like just go for a, a slice. I think first I'm going to roll an acrobatics. Uh, Savage, you may oppose this with either an athletics check if you're trained in it or a strength or dexterity roll of your choice. Chat has cast a boon. Ooh, on who? Let's let's see what the rolls are here and we'll 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 bring the boon in in just a second. I got 19. I don't think that beats a 21. Ugh. Fox, you are able to basically slip free and kind of kick Savage off of you, getting yourself the distance you need to stand up. However, Savage was able to kind of notice as you were escaping and shift his weight so that it took a little bit more effort and time than you expected. And so as the boon, you will lose the rest of the turn. Basically, you cannot Ooh. also take an attack action. Um, Savage was Let's like, go, you know, Savage is an experienced grappler mm. and combat person. So he would have kind of seen this coming and, you know, made made his last second move there. Good instincts for Savage. This concludes Fox's turn and brings us to Owlin. You are up close with the Moonstone Dragon, who is unconscious, non-responsive, in some way alive, but not acknowledging you. You have been hacking at the runes that are imprisoning this dragon with, I believe your scimitar of speed, but maybe your yes, great sword. That is correct. And you have discovered as you do so that in order to actually hit them, you have to overcome just the waves of purely magical resistance. It's like force basically emanating yep. out of it with a simple, like a strength roll basically. Yep. And if you do not hit hard enough, like it hits back. Keep on hacking. Go ahead and roll your strength. 15. You're getting into a rhythm now as far as, you know, hitting these things. So go ahead and roll damage. All right. This is three hacks with a scimitar of speed. 24. The arcane markings kind of split and, and degrade underneath of you. It corrodes and you have successfully scratched out a third of the five sigils. And you, at this point, you feel something weird happen. It's almost like a small, not not like a dangerous kind of shockwave, but like the way bass feels in your ribs. Mm. It's like a little bit of a something emanates through the cavern and kind of rumbles around the walls. And you see for the very first time, you see the dragon shift just a little bit. You see one little little claw begin to sort of flex and move around a little bit. Okay. Zothkug as you are, we'll come back to you with a more full picture, but as you are fighting the arcane corruption in the soul crystal of this dragon, it almost feels like something is giving way and you feel like the job is about to get easier for some reason, but you don't really have an explanation of why. We cut back to Alan if you need to finish your turnout. Uh, he's going to start moving to the next sigil. Getting around a dragon is a whole or ordeal, so that's yeah. fine. You do that. We now cut to Zothkug. Zoth, you are in the ethereal plane, surrounded by white, misty weirdness, and also Mavira standing to the next, like standing just to the right of you with radiant greatsword in hand. You have one hand extended, making contact with the soul crystal of the dragon. It's a sort of pulsing amethyst colored egg and you are attempting to use your divine clerical magic to force the arcane corruption out of this being to, to release the dragon back into the world. And in order to do that, you need to overcome five more stages of arcane corruption. 
And as I told you in the last session, you can do this in any way that you see fit to approach it. And depending on the power level of the spell you use or the means you choose to attempt to purify the crystal, we may add buffs. Um, without adding any buffs to it, it would just be you rolling your spell modifier against it. Can I cast a spell not into the crystal then? You can, but it will give the crystal a chance to try and overcome your resistance. So you would be making a save, a wisdom save against the crystal attempting to like corrupt you. Okay, well, I need Mavira out of here, so I will do this. I'm going to cast command onto Mavira. Yeah, wisdom save. She rolled a 16 on the die. Dang it. You attempt to use command and you see her blink, but not actually obey you and the crystal is going to attempt to overcome you so roll a wisdom save luckily i'm good at that against a 13 <sighs> i rolled a 13 okay. too the attacker wins in a tie oh so he's not the attacker the, the crystal starts to kind of get back into you a little bit and you feel one stage of it sort of begin stretching up your arm just as you did before you feel the same unnatural cold as it kind of slices into your skin with this weird arcane energy. Okay, um, um, then I'm going to use a bonus action to cast Healing Word on myself at third level. I will heal 12. Mm, the Healing Word of the day is Purify. And that brings us to Jebediah Peppermint. I am going to uh, just ratchet it up and double down and try to thicken this ice as much as possible. I'm going to give it a second round. So you have now created a shield of thick ice that is fully between you and the Aboleths. So it doesn't wrap around you, but it, it covers the side of basically this egg that you're making where the Aboleths are. So it's hard to orient you in 3D space, but I'm going to do the best I can. No, no, you're fine. Lord, you're fine. is laying horizontally relative to the ground, okay. parallel with like the ground above. So up from you would be above your back. Right. You haven't put any ice there yet. You've put ice in front of your face, which is facing towards the Aboleths. Right. And then down for you would be towards the Skull Cavern. I just want this shield as thick as possible to, to cover as wide as possible to obscure us. I don't want them to be able to see us. The two Aboleths in front of you, seeing you begin just materializing this ice shield, look towards each other and then slowly begin shuffling backwards into the darkness between the the sort of frosted effect of the ice and the fact that there's no light at all back there even with your dark vision you eventually lose sight of the two aboleths as they dematerialize into the the vast darkness of the umbral sea and you roll a wisdom save okay uh-oh that is a unnatural 20 oh you are able to resist. You are so focused right now on the the different magical things you're trying to achieve and the fact that you're here with an avatar and the trap and it's all on you and no one else is here to help. You are like, you can get right through, you cut right through it and you are not charmed by this effect. That's pretty huge. Pretty huge. <laughs> that is pretty huge. Uh, that's going to bring us to Mavira's turn. We cut back into the ethereal plane where Mavira yes. is standing next to Zothkug. Yes. She takes a step back from Zothkug and rolls a d12. And with her three, she stays exactly where she no. is. Raises her greatsword with radiant energy sparking off the side of it and brings it down towards Zothkug's arm, attempting to sever it so oh. that he can no longer make his connection to the miracle. soul crystal. She's going to roll to hit. 
So, and she's going to have advantage. Zothkug, what's your AC? Uh, my AC is 16. 45. Unfortunately, a 21 is going to beat your AC. Uh, yeah. Chat going crazy right now. Oh, chat hit us with a bane. I will give a disadvantage on this attack, basically, and make her roll one more time. Is that acceptable to use Zothkug yes. as... As the band. Okay. <laughs> Is it acceptable that I give you a freebie? Oh. Yes. That die fell right off the, the table. There's a new Whoa. one. Oh! Yeah. With yeah. a 10. Yay. She attacks you and does not connect as she begins just hammering down with this great sword. <laughs> attempting to sever your arms connection you as you're channeling your divine energy you feel like it's almost like the the power of all this divine and arcane energy connecting repels it's a spiritual weapon that she's holding and so it like doesn't quite make it through the weird field of other magics and it like bounces off almost metallic in nature and she takes a step back and looks at you surprised and rolls another D12 because I gave her a step back, uh, which I forgot about. So let's see. <laughs> a five. She takes a step back unnerved and surprised and and vanishes uh, oh, from the ethereal oh, plane. Guess who she shows I, up next to, I'm sure, next, though. We cut to Savage Tempest, who did not actually begin moving because Fox just escaped from his bonds and basically you're facing towards Fox Savage uh, up the stairs. I'm going to instantly do a quick look back at Alan and really think that I need to get to him if I have any chance of figuring out what's going on with Fox because maybe he knows how to do something. As, I'm t as I look at Fox, I'm going to turn around and make a like run for it as fast as I can. <laughs> as, as, you turn as, around, can. as you turn around on the stairs, you see what Alan has not seen which is that just behind him, a tall drow with purple hair and teal eyes and a radiant greatsword has materialized steps from him close enough that she could hit him already. And he is not noticed in his determination to like hit the sigil. And, I'm going to go. I'm going to go for a shot. Pull out the rifle, unfold it, cock it in, load the missile in and go ahead and roll. Um, I'm going to hit for 20. Yeah. Yeah, you are. 23. <laughs> yeah. Savage hits for a bunch of damage. Alan, you didn't hear Mavira appear, but you heard the gunshot echo around Skull Cavern, and behind you, you heard this Ooh, as Mavira takes a shot to the arm. Let's Unfortunately, go. it's her non-dominant arm, but Savage, especially from your vantage point, you can see that she is beginning to look distinctly worse for wear. That brings us to... Fox's turn. Fox, Savage is facing away from you and engaged in combat with someone else. Yeah. 30 seconds oh on the no. clock. I, I, I'm a rogue. It's a little bit of a no-brainer what happens here. Just take my shoes or something. Man. Just take my shoes. <laughs> I, I am going to uh, unsheath a dagger because uh, it is the quickest weapon to draw. Um, and just run up and go for a, like a leaping jump, try to shove it into his back. I got, I got, uh, if I'm doing the math right here, uh, 22, mm. <clears throat> 16. 16 points of damage. I have to save her! <laughs> ah! Savage Tempest takes a knife to the back. My back. That brings us to Alan's turn, but before that, group decides on a boon. So right. let's talk about this boon. Who gets cook. it? What did they get? Cook. I'm going to put... Maybe the influx of arcane energy from the Radiant Greatsword, maybe that he's able to like channel that through into his purification of the soul crystal. He like siphons some of that energy. And so you get one free 
of the five Ooh. stages, you get one free. Is like that, that. A, an acceptable boon to the group? I, I, I think a permanent plus 10 to every roll. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree with, with Matt on this one. Permanent plus 10. Uh, you have successfully purified the first of five, basically, sections of this arcane corruption within the soul crystal. Owlin, newly aware of Mavira behind you with her radiant greatsword and the sigil in front of you. Owlin is going to not move his feet. Well, not take any steps. Uh, he's not going to move five feet is what I'm saying. Um, and he's going to attack Mavira. Now that he sees Mavira here, it's a better, it's like a long-term bigger good to kill Mavira. If, cause if she's looking as bloody as you've been describing her as, then maybe this is his opportunity to get, get her out of the equation right now and then finish what they've been doing a little bit less impeded. So three attacks on Mavira with the scimitar of speed. Uh, an 11 that misses second one is a nat one gonna roll to confirm it confirms she's going to use wow. her repost ability as a reaction to being missed with a melee attack the fighter may make a melee weapon attack if it hits it does an extra 1d10 damage wow a 14 to hit does that hit you attacker wins in a tie all right she hits you oof not good 21 alan doesn't look well he, he, that, that's a big, that's a big and unexpected slice that he's taken, but he's got one more attack in him this turn. Okay. 19, I assume hits a 19 hits eight damage on that, on that last hit. She does not go down, but it is a good hit and it opens another cut. It sounds like they're at very similar levels of hit points. <laughs> it does seem like maybe that's the case. Brings us to Zothkug in the ethereal plane, Yay. now in the sort of relaxing silence uh, <laughs> as Mavira has disappeared, hand stretched out towards this pulsating amethyst crystal and making some headway here. Uh, how are you going to attempt to purify the next stage of the corruption? Um, Zothkug will use one of his divine abilities, Emboldening Bond. How about we give you advantage on the roll for that? Sure. I'll take that. Let's do it. All right, you have, it is a wisdom check with advantage. First roll is a 17. Yeah. Second roll is also a 17. Yeah. You feel something give way as you begin purifying this crystal even further. Another segment of it seems to become clear. And now you can see for the first time visually that the amethyst pulsating whatever is beginning to recede over top of a crystal that is like a, a smooth pastel pink underneath as mm. the corruption begins to sort of peel back um, like some kind of vinyl covering and then off the outside of it. As a bonus action, I'm going to cast spiritual weapon into it and, you know, Ooh, you okay. divine. Um, let's just give you another roll then. Okay. Um, that's just a straight roll, but you can do it again. That is a 15 and I'm going to use the... Um, was it a D4 I got from chat last time? Yeah. You make it an 18. Another section gives way and it begins. You have now more than half uncovered this crystal. There are two segments remaining. That brings us to Jebediah Peppermint inside half a little ice egg, having resisted the Aboleth's literal charms. Uh, Arcana check on this spear like the sigil things on it to see how I can dispel it. I'm going to roll that with advantage because of my rod. That is an 18 plus some stuff, plus 10, 28. You're able to intuit the mechanics of this sigil. It is tapped into the life force of this avatar. That's why the avatar had to be impaled with the pike. And it is using each of the schools of magic, basically siphoning them out of the avatar and then using them to imprison her in her current state 
it is also using those magical like siphons to suspend the bubble of air around her. So to remove the siphon would remove the air and the water would, you know, fall towards her and hypothetically crush her. It is also feeding energy down these two hotlines that are kind of trailing off the ends of the pike. You're pretty confident that this could be defeated by like a counterspell or a dispel magic type of ability. There may be some kind of collateral wave of magic that might come out because it's it's holding back and channeling so much energy at once that when you release all of that, it has the potential to cause some kind of effect. Mechanically speaking, it has the potential to cause 46 or half of that in force damage if you are to release it in an uncontrolled way. Okay, I've got this. Um, I'm going to use the rest of my turn. I want to take my rope and tie it or, and tie it like around her waist, like uh, and like up under her armpits as well, like like in, in two separate places. And then I'm going to stuff the other end into my blunderbuss, and I'm going to cast uh, having a brain cramp. What's it called? What's it called? I'm going to cast rope trick. First, I want you to, if you're trained in it, roll slit of hand, and if not, roll strength. Okay to um, tie your knots. All right. That is a 15. You've tied the knot as best you can. You're ready to cast rope trick. Now, here's here's what I, I want to paint a word picture for you. Here is what I'm attempting to do. I want the picture. <laughs> um, she is horizontal face down, right? Yes. Her wings are outstretched upwards and to the side behind her, and they are pierced horizontally as well by this spear thing. They sure are. So... What I want to do is I want to have lashed this rope under her armpits, around her waist as like like a little V coming up. I'm going to cast Rope Trick up and I'm going to pivot her. I'm going to climb up in and just hoist the rope in and pivot her body up into it so that her wings and the spear are out. She's going to rotate on the spear and I'm going to get her body up, like flip it up and get into there. Um, so that she is inside the pocket dimension, but her wings are not. Rope trick's going to work because rope trick just works. Yeah. But then when you go to move her, we need to make sure your knots hold. So instead of having her roll against it, you set the DC at a 15. I'm going to have you roll against it using probably athletics, and you're going to do it at disadvantage because she's a full, like a full-sized A2 underwater. I mean, she's not in the water right now, but like you're trying to lift her up basically and from your smaller stature. Okay. So I'm I'm going to be inside with my feet planted on the ground just pulling this rope up like I'm drawing a bucket out of a well. Do I need to roll over my knots or under my knots? Because my knots need to be better than my my strength, right? Uh, Jake, decide. Well, you want to roll under the knots because that's out of 15. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jake's like, well, in the meta. <laughs> That's okay, fine. Um, I rolled a... <laughs> and it's a disadvantage. Oh, it is a disadvantage. So, oh. Dang it. Uh, eight. It is under the knots. And so you are able to affect your plan. As you flip her into the pocket dimension, her wings still resting in the air bubble below, you hear a voice in the back of your mind go, you will not. And you feel the water begin shaking and kind of moving in a slow whirlpool around the bubble that you were creating. Your ice shield begins getting buffeted from side to side as something begins stirring the water into this massive whirlpool. At the same time, you feel one of the hotlines like become slack. The tension on it has been released. You sense rather than see that the whirlpool outside is intensifying to the point where it's going to be very difficult 
for you to keep her in the pocket dimension if that bubble collapses. Like the force of it pulling against her wings, it's being created in such a way to force her down. And that will conclude their turns, which brings us to Mavira face to face with Owlin, both of them oh, looking no. quite the worst for wear. Mavira looking enraged, having taken a gunshot to the side and then having been hit a little bit by Owlin who attacked her and there's all the things going on. And Mavira raises her greatsword and says, say farewell to your friends. And then she attacks. The first one is a 21 to hit. That hits. Big sad. I am guaranteed down, I'm pretty sure. 16 damage. Chat has cast Minor Hex on Mavira. That's understood and noted. It means she takes extra damage when she gets hurt. So the first hit does 16 damage to you, Alan. Yep. I'm at negative nine hit points. She's going to um, wave her hand through the air and point at Savage. And Savage, you see whipping towards you you see the dancing scimitar that she threw into the air earlier spiraling flying towards you like a boomerang it's going to roll its attack with disadvantage because chat has just given mavira disadvantage 15 does that hit you no luckily it has a lot of distance to cover and so you see it coming and you're able to jump out of the way and and get yourself into the clear here mavira is going to take a step she's going to try and get herself back to the ethereal plane to attack zothkug so Mavira takes a step and rolls her D12 and she does disappear. Ah. But Zoth, you do not see her appear oh, in good. the room with you. Oh, good. Um, Thank you. And that concludes Mavira's turn and brings us to Savage Tempest. Now alone in the room with a dancing scimitar that just whizzed past your face. And I'm far away lying on the ground. Fox is right next to you. So if he's behind me on this top of the steps, oh my gosh. Okay. Well, at this point, I'm going to um, basically going to grab his shoulder. I'm going to, uh, you know, I'm going to grab him from behind and flip him over me down the steps, hoping that the throw and then him rolling down the steps will be extra damage. Savage is just going to freaking just grapple you and throw you down the steps, dude. <laughs> Fifteen. You know, I was going to say this is your chance, and it, your chance it is because they had a twelve. Okay. Shh, don't scream. <laughs> Now, in order to do what, so you're trying to throw Fox off the stairs to the side or you're trying to slam Fox onto the ground? No, I'm trying to throw him down the steps, hoping he rolls down the steps and be hits his head a little bit, maybe breaks an ankle or something. You have advantage. It's going to be your strength versus Fox's AC. Aha. Okay, so 15. Fox, you get chucked down the stairs. Mm. Zoth, roll a D20 to figure out how many steps Fox falls down. Is that how many times I rolled D100 to check if my neck's broken? No. <laughs> <laughs> I got 19. Yes. Fox roll 2d10 <laughs> fall damage and then roll a wisdom save for reasons. For reasons. As you say, I'm going to pour one out for my neck. Six damage. What am I rolling? I'm rolling wisdom save. A wisdom, wisdom save. save. Do, I, do I get advantage? No. It's just a wisdom <laughs> save. Did you not one? No. <laughs> Why would you assume that? That's the face you're making. Why would you assume the truth? <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> All right. Uh, with your nat one, uh, Fox, you feel stronger than ever. Your conviction of what you've been told in the back of yep. your mind. Um, oh, no. And that's going to conclude Savage's turn and make it Fox's turn. Fox, <laughs> you are about 20 feet down the stairs you're mm -hmm. maybe 10, 15 feet from the ground, so you could easily sprint to the ground of Skull Cavern and go try and finish off Alan, or you could run back up the stairs and attack Savage. Those are the only two people you can see from where you are. 
Well, right now, my I, somebody just threw me down the stairs, all right? That's true. You're not just in the way. You're you're the one who's keeping me, aren't you? And I'm going to... You're crazy. I'm going to go ahead and uh, run up. Wait, is it about I, the money? Are you mad that you're paying me? I'm going to throw my dagger at him. Oh, gosh. Uh, I, as I throw my D20 literally into the trash. Give me a second. <laughs> I'm Literally. done with this game. <laughs> the rage, the salt. Um, okay, so to throw a ten, which obviously does not hit, um, but I will close the gap. Alan, don't tell us the result, but I would like you to roll your first death saving throw. Okay, now I rolled it. All right, Alan has rolled the first of three death saving throws, or two if he's really unlucky. I mean, or six or five. Yeah. Five? Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Uh, Zothkug, uh, we cut back to the ethereal plane where Zoth is now making serious progress with this crystal. I have uh, <coughs> one more cast of Emboldening Bond, so I'm going to cast that again. Okay, so you have advantage on this, this wisdom yep. check. First roll is a 14. Second roll is also a 14. This dice like to roll duplicates. I don't know why. You purify one more section of crystal. And then I will bonus action cast spiritual weapon into it again. All right, so you get one more roll. This could be the one. There's only Let's one section <laughs> of this arcane corruption remaining uh, to purify. Ten. ten. Attacker wins in a tie. Yay. And mm -hmm. with a splintering crackling noise that reverberates strangely through the mist around you. The last of the pulsing amethyst corruption disappears off of the soul crystal of Andromeda the Silver Star, the Moonstone Dragon. And you're not sure exactly what the effects of your actions are, but you can feel something that ripples out beyond you. It almost for a half second, you are seeing into the Feywild, the Shadowfell, and the Material Plane all at once. You can see that cloudy room that, or the cloud platform with the ocean above that was in the Feywild with the animals gathered around um, the, the humanoid Andromeda. And you can see the Moonstone Dragon at your feet uh, you know, kind of stirring and like really like it begins to kind of blink and open its eyes a little bit. You can see Owlin on the ground next to it. You can see like all you, you see all of it at once for just a flash and then it's all gone again. Can I move? Yeah, you have a move action so you can move and roll a D12 to see where you end up. Yep. I will. Since I saw Alan on the ground, I will move and try and get to him. Yep. And I will roll a five. You rolled a five. You take several steps towards where Alan was, but you remain in the ethereal plane and mm. you do not see Alan's body, though you know on the material plane it should be right there at your feet. Okay. Thus concludes Zothkug's turn and thus begins Jebediah's turn. Okay, so I have a lot of things that I want to do. Um, <clears throat> she's currently being tugged down by the whirlpool, correct? Yes. How brittle do her wings look? Uh, I mean, she's real beat up, so they look like they could be torn out, if that's what you're saying. If I were to pull her against this suspended bar thing, would it look like it would rip her wings off, or would it, they rip through? Uh, it would, like, it's impaled deeply enough that it would not just take some feathers. Like, it would probably rip her wings off. Okay, well, better wingless than dead. Jeb's going to, uh, grab hold of the lodestone that he's used to cast fly and that he's used to cast reverse gravity 
and he's going to use a new feature of it that he hasn't used before. Um, he is going to use gravitational thrust, which lets him shove a creature that he can see within 60 feet of him, 20 feet. If it chooses to resist, it can make a DC 18 strength save. Um, but he's going to use it and thrust her up into the, uh, like, thrust her away from the, the spear to try to disconnect her from it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna roll percentile with this rending, tearing, awful noise. Uh, Larodith, the avatar of Oara's wings, are ripped off her body at the oh. mid-joint of the bones and fly away, pike still on them through the air bubble. As the pike impales the bottom of the air bubble, the bubble collapses and standing safely on what I guess we could call the shore of your pocket dimension, you see the whirlpool collapse in on itself beneath your your rope tricks safe space um, blue and green and a little bit of red collapsing and spinning into this maelstrom and you can see floating in the center of it staring up at you as if they can see you even though you know you're hidden in a pocket dimension one of the aboleths staring towards you just waiting for you to emerge again as the water collapses inwards but then you see something worse past that aboleth at the base the crystalline roof of skull cavern as the water collapses towards it, you see a huge crack run the uh, length of it. And the crack begins spidering outwards. No, bruh. Bruh. We cut to Savage Tempest. Savage, Fox is running up the stairs towards you. When above you, you hear this ear splintering crack. And with a quick glance up, you can see it looks like an earthquake fault line, the full length of Skull Cavern from, I guess, ear to cheekbone, like the whole length of this sideways skull, this one huge crack has formed. You blink back down. Fox is closer, sprinting up the stairs towards you. You look up, you hear the shattering, kind of growing noises of um, like spider cracks shooting outwards from the, the, the great gash that's been opened. You begin to see greenish, bluish water and maybe just a little bit of blood dripping through the, the newly created crack. Chat says there's still no boons, but they definitely should be. I see them as, as active over here. I'm going to do one on behalf of this chat member who is trying to cast a boon um, because they've been trying for like 10 minutes. Maybe yeah. the chat member needs to refresh. That, that's However, a possibility. this is a clutch time for a boon. So we're going to pause this narrative. This boon's going to apply to Alan Woodrear. Uh, but for this boon to work right, we're going we're gonna to flash back into the past. Yeah, Ooh, we are. A long way into the past. Roll a strength check to grapple it. It's going to roll a dex to avoid you. That's better. A no, it, it, 14 it's, on the die. It's on that shoulder. Minus uh, one. Your 13. other shoulder. You successfully grab the rat. It is not in your hand. It. If you want Zoth, to. Yeah. Zoth winds up to throw, and then he looks at it, and he connects with the rat. <laughs> <laughs> And he oh, tries to calm go. the rat down and keep it as a pet. Uh, 16 plus 5. 
Whoa! Holy crap! Only one. This terrified rat looks at you and sees something in your eyes, and it <laughs> begins to calm. It's still squirming a little bit, but it doesn't look Hug. quite like it's in fight or flight anymore. Hug, it's just kind of wriggling like it's uncomfortable Is now. It is he terrified? He's just we scared. Dude, it's it's got diseases, oh, man. We have we made a connection, man. That thing's made gonna kill you. Missing on the left side he of its face. Like, are you sure man. you want that? It's gonna give you the plague, man. The plague? What is that? I don't know. I mean, I'm gonna give him some pets. Okay. <laughs> this is giving up life. You you've broken its mind. <laughs> You've killed its its friends, its family. I'm gonna, it's got nothing left. I'm gonna pull out like some crumbs from from like a ration or something. Okay. Just, like see if it's hungry. I'm gonna I'm gonna set it on my shoulder and see right. if it, it'll, it'll it'll stay. It does not stay. You set it down on your shoulder and it kind of scampers down to the ground. All right, I let it go. It wants I, to be no. free. <laughs> it scampers it. off into the distance, uh, back west. Be free, little Maybe man. Maybe you'll come back. Now yeah, there's, there's, a of life. there's gonna be a point later in the campaign where we're about to die. Like someone is, is gonna be on their last breath and the rat's gonna come in <laughs> and save them. There's like a little tiny defibrillator. Like <laughs> uh -uh. And so no. scampering <laughs> from the side no. of Skull Cavern, sprinting towards Owlin, Savage, as you're watching the spider cracks go across the top of the cavern and Fox is running towards you, you can't help but notice a tiny little squeaking rat. Pitter patter, pitter patter. Sprinting across the bottom of Skull Cavern, it's little, hey, it's Fox, little pitter patter reverberating uncommonly throughout the space with some kind of small contraption strapped to its back <laughs> as it races over to Alan and rubs its little paws together and then hits Alan with a little bit of lightning something and Alan, you wake up gasping for breath. Ooh. You have been stabilized to one hit point. Above you is a rat that you recognize from way in the past. Season one, episode one, Jake made that joke about a rat that Zoth let go. And I've been waiting since then to do a bit like this. <laughs> He's been waiting Alan, for you to die. to say, how Alan. long have you planned this? You had the, you had the audio ready and everything. Oh, no. I saved the audio after that session. It's the first podcast oh I ever edited. Goodness. And I was like, I'm going to need to come back to this. Oh, and I've had it since gosh. then. So. Willa Zoth did not name it. It didn't stay with him. This happens. You look up at the rat. You think, where did this rat come from? Just behind the rat, you see off in the distance against the wall, a small shimmering circle of something. You realize it's a portal to the Feywild. This rat has come from the Feywild. How did a portal to the Feywild open? You turn to your right and there stirring, opening its eyes is an ancient moonstone dragon who looks over at you and takes a deep breath and exhales a cloud of moon dust that surrounds you. You restore 8d10 hit points as Andromeda Whoa. the Silver Star stands up to her full height, still imprisoned by the remaining two pieces of the arcane sigil that is around her, but awake and purified of the arcane corruption that imprisoned her. She looks up at the water above and she snorts distressedly as she realizes the whole ceiling's about to collapse. And we cut back to Savage Tempest's turn, who has an angry fox sprinting towards him. Savage, 90 seconds on the clock. What are you doing? You can't distract me! Alan, you're up! He can hear me, right? Yeah, he can I'm, hear you. I'm it's calculating HP right now. I'm sorry. One second. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So, okay, 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 okay. Um, 
my first thing is, okay, Alan, you need to help me with the dragon. Use the dragon. F help me with Fox. And I'm going to basically try and um, kind of leapfrog over Fox. Like, I'm going to run down and leapfrog over him to push his head in down to the steps and keep running down the steps. Okay, uh, make an acrobatics check if you're trained in it. And if not, just make a dexterity check. 21. So you hurdle Fox and kind of stick the landing and continue sprinting down the steps. Um, you sprint down to the bottom of the steps. You're a little bit tentative as you get to the base because you've seen your friends disappearing and reappearing. But with the Moonstone Dragon awake, there's no weird flux to happen between the planes. And so you're able to just cross. In fact, the Moonstone Dragon seeing you approach opens a portal between where you are. You step briefly for five feet onto cloud in the Feywild, you see the ocean above you and the cloud below you, and five feet in front of that, you step through another portal and you are at Alan Woodger's side. I'm gonna, I'm gonna like steady myself. I'm gonna look down at Alan, make sure that he's getting himself up and ready, uh, and then I look back at Fox because I know that something that he's still going crazy. Fox, that's the end of my turn. Uh, it is Fox's turn, but there's a complication before your turn. Unfortunately, Fox, you look uh -oh. upwards as the first end of Skull Cavern begins to give way and the water begins pouring through in earnest and a huge shard of crystal from the ceiling plummets towards you. Make a dexterity save. <laughs> I'm in danger. <laughs> <laughs> I got a 21. You take half damage. I, I, I don't take any damage, right? Because I'm a rogue. Oh, you're right. Yeah, uncanny dodge. Okay, good. So you don't take any damage as this huge chunk of crystal slams into the ground water begins pouring down and onto the stairs, which will create difficult terrain for you. Go ahead and take your turn. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and just recklessly sprint down this hill. Okay. Uh, if I can take shortcuts that require damage, I take them. Okay. Uh, you don't take any damage, but you do recklessly sprint down the hill, which means you need to roll a, eh, you're a rogue. You don't need to roll a deck save just for wet stairs. So it's you okay, I've rolled a 20 on it. Okay, so. yeah, so you would be fine. <laughs> you sprint down the steps, and thinking that you are a fellow party member, the Moonstone Dragon opens a portal for you as well, which means that with your normal move action, you find yourself directly behind Savage, who is checking Owlin. Because like, you emerged out of the same spot that Savage did. I'm going for a tackle. Okay. Uh, so that's uh, a, a grapple? Yeah, grapple. Yes. And because he's already engaged somewhere else, you have advantage on your, your check. <clears throat> I don't so, need it. Savage, strength or dex? We got a 16. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, not 20. You tackle him to the ground and you can take another action. All right. Um, I'm going to uh, try to pull out my own dagger. And and as as he's on the ground, I thirst for battle. Is that what you mean? You're pulling out Shadow Shadow Walker. You know, I haven't thought about it, but the second I hear Shadow Walker's voice in my head, I, I reach for him instead. Okay. Uh, and then I, I go to stab Savage in the back. Okay. I roll. Tyler, this is good for you. <laughs> oh, please. Savage. I don't know how I went from rolling a nat twenty to immediately rolling a nat one. <laughs> and it confirmed. All right. So you go to attack Savage and you hear a voice in the back of your head that is affirming you 
and you hear Shadow Walker go, no, you're attacking the, he's not one of the, and it dissolves, the blade dissolves into shadowy mist because Shadow Walker's <laughs> oh. like, dude, you're attacking the wrong person. Let's go. And so you like lightly bop him on the back of the neck with just the hilt of Shadow Walker, which does nothing. Ow, what was that for? Shadow Walker is going to attempt to break your mind of the oh. imprisonment that it feels. So you can roll another wisdom save as Shadow Walker's like, what are you doing? And like tries to get in there and like, you know, mentally shake you. Man, Shadow Walker really helped because uh, first time I rolled a nat one for that wisdom save. Yeah. But this time I rolled a five. <laughs> <laughs> You're still not able. It's like so convincing the, uh. the narrative that you've been told. What the heck? We we find ourselves now in Owlin's turn. Owlin laying on your back, looking okay, up at yeah. the ceiling. You can almost notice, even with all this happening next to you, you can almost notice nothing but the fact that the next section of Skull Cavern ceiling has begun raining more crystal chunks. The stairway is completely crushed under the falling crystal mm. and everything that's happening. So so much has happened since Owlin woke up. Um, He's, he sees what happened with uh, Fox and uh, and and Savage, and immediately can tell what's going on there. And so he uses half his movement to stand up, and sit, they're they're right next to him, right? Like this is like happening, like yes, yeah. Alan's gonna try to kick uh, Fox in the head, since I assume with the tackle caused them to both be prone. Yep, you can just have the kick. <laughs> so just roll your melee damage, which I believe is a d6 okay. for a barbarian. Yeah. Um, so melee, yeah, melee damage is nine max damage on that. Dang uh, nine damage and roll another wisdom save. Alan's going to say, Fox, this is not the time. <laughs> I got a three. No, <laughs> what is your rolling? <laughs> what? What? I have a wisdom score plus one, and then every time I roll <laughs> wisdoms, I've been rolling really low. But when I roll my own stuff, I roll nat 20, 16, <laughs> okay. 18. Alan's gonna try. Alan's gonna try to use the rest of his movement. He's gonna kick. He's gonna kick and turn, basically, like kick in the head. He's also gonna say uh, something along the lines of to Savage, "Keep doing that if it doesn't work," and then go over. <laughs> to uh, the uh, um, the next sigil and use his bonus action attack. Okay, with Chad the, has with the given an speed. advantage to Fox for his save, so Alan, roll your strength to get through the magical barrier. Fox, roll one more time for your save. Nat 20. All right, Alan, okay. you break through and don't need to roll damage. Between the three um, slices and the fact that you broke through, you easily break the fourth of the five sigils. There's only one left. Okay, sweet. Um, That's the end of Alan's turn. Fox, how did you roll on your wisdom save? I know I've really <laughs> rolled really low lately, all right? It's like a five. So if you, if you look at that and compare what I just rolled, it's a huge improvement. Huge improvement. Yeah? <laughs> I got a 12. Hey, maybe that's it. That 12 could be is it. close, but not enough. Ah. Uh, and that brings I, us to... Uh, Zothkug, your turn is next. You are in the ethereal plane. You are kind of wandering around aimless, like looking for Owlin. And then in front of you, a portal opens and you can see uh, everything. So you can see through the, you're like looking into Skull Cavern where the ceiling is raining and water is beginning to pour and the dragon is up and Owlin is doing the last slice on a piece of the sigil and Fox is attempting to hit Savage, but it like his sword dissolves into a hilt and then Owlin kicks him and the, like <laughs> all of that, you see it all. 
and you have an open door to go in there and join them, if you will. I will go in and join them. Okay. And? Um, I'm going to guiding bolt the last sigil if I can. Sure. Uh, you just roll damage. Assume you hit it. Let's go, because it's magic. Uh, ten. It, like, dims visibly, but it does not dissipate yet. Uh, bonus action, spiritual weapon on Fox. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you attack Fox with your spiritual weapon. Does a 15 hit Fox? Or do I get Uh, advantage, since it's behind him? 15 does hit me. 11 radiant. So I rolled 16 this time. Let's go. Nice. With a 16, you snap out of it. You you blink, and although it's Finally. still like it's there in the back of your head, but what you're most conscious of is, ow, that hurts. Because if I recall your starting HP correctly, you have taken a lot of damage at the hands of your friends. <laughs> yes, I, I think when I first entered this last session, I had nearly full health. I am at 14 HP. <laughs> And uh, Zoth is like, the word of the day is purify, Fox. Snap out of it. <laughs> what the f- does that have to do with anything? That brings us to Jebediah Peppermint. Jeb, you are holding the wingless body of Larodith uh, in your hands. She's still actively bleeding from where she's been cut, um, but she's no longer imprisoned by the magical sigil, which, which flew away. Um, the maelstrom beneath you is continuing to swirl and there's still one Abolith looking up at you. You've lost track of the other one. You have 30 seconds on the clock. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I and I, I lay her down on the plush carpet that is and the pleasant atmosphere that is in here. And I believe that there is some mild elevator music that was lore accurately previously stated. Uh, but I, I roll her over onto her belly and I'm like, I'm so sorry. This is going to sting. And... I'm going to pull out my hunting knife and I'm going to heat it with prestidigitation and try to cauterize the wounds on her back. Um, I don't know if I, you want me to make a roll for roll that. medicine with advantage. Okay. That's a nat one and a six and a 16. Lucky you, dude. Thank you for the advantage. Well, lucky her, really. <laughs> Good thinking to try and sterilize the knife yep. first. That's the difference here. That not one is what happens when you try and cauterize a wound with an unsterile blade. Yep. It sizzles and it smells weird. She doesn't even stir. She is unconscious. Chad has granted a boon. We'll come back to this boon in just a moment. I slump down and I catch my breath and I'm safe for now. This thing's up for an hour. Jeb's like thinking to himself, this is up for an hour. Man, I hope the guys are okay. And I and I look down through the hole in the floor. Between the darkness of the water and the like crystalline ceiling, you probably can't see the whole way down to them. But you can see that there's a jagged crack and that water's yeah. pouring through it. Um I lean back against the wall. <sighs> just catch my breath for a second. And you know what? Zoth would have faith in us if he was up here. I trust my friends. They're capable. I'm sure I'm sure Fox is kicking butt and just taking everybody down. <laughs> I'm sure Alan is, is just carving his way through and and Zoth has has the backup. And you know what? As much as I love money, 
Savage was worth every penny. Every penny we paid. And DM, I am going to kind of bow out of the game for a little bit because my take a short rest? Well, my my next plan is requires a fourth level spell and I can get that back with an arcane recovery that requires a short rest. And this is going to be up for an hour. Um so if there's anything else you require out of me from like Laredith and whatnot, th- like I'm here for that, but that's what Jeb's going to do. All right. We cut back down into uh skull cavern where everything is not going well. Uh, although it's Fox has finally snapped out of the, the panic. Um, but we cut down here and it is Mavira's turn. Um, and oh. the, and the two Aboleths, one of them is maintaining its position staring up at where the pocket dimension is. But the other one, the four of you down in Skull Cavern realize, has propelled itself in the torrent of falling water down towards oh you. It is riding the waterfall. The water is oh. already pooling enough on the ground to where it's up to shin height. Uh. It is dashing down towards the group and it's going to make a psychic drain legendary action. What? Uh, it's going to Alan roll yeah. a wisdom save. Okay. Don't roll my wisdom save. Roll your wisdom save. <laughs> 16. You take five points of psychic damage as you Ouch. feel not so much. It's not like before where it was like giving commands in the back of people's heads. It's like just a loud screaming and it kind of like caught. It's an instant headache and mm. you feel this kind of piercing like thudding pain as the Aboleth races down towards you. And as it does that, at the same time, Mavira is going to take advantage of the confusion of the group to go for an attack with advantage against Fox. Uh, Chat has granted a boon, so Mavira is going to attack Fox with disadvantage on the first attack. But how about like you don't? 16. (laughs) Does a 16 hit you, Fox? All right, so it may not be lore accurate but what if we <laughs> said no <laughs> a 16 hits you and you take no damage bam <laughs> he is he said nothing he said nothing you all heard it nothing was said from him i took <laughs> no damage Oof. uh 22 points of damage as she hits you with the first attack whoa 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 i still have my reaction right uh yes and I can I can can I see her attack me? Uh, roll a perception check with a DC of twelve to decide whether you see her or not. Because she just appeared from another dimension, so she either did or didn't die. show up in front of you. What? Thirteen on the die. Okay, so you see her. So with my reaction, when an attacker that I can see hits me with an attack, I can use my reaction to have the attack's damage. Okay, so you take eleven points of damage as you have the twenty-two points of radiant damage. I'm not dead. Yet. Or unconscious. Uh, she's going to roll another attack on you. Damn it. <laughs> she rolled a nat one. Woo! Did she confirm? Uh, the nat one, yep, the nat one confirms as she attacks Woo! you with the radiant sword. But she, as she goes for the second attack, she sees Alan and Savage like getting ready to like kind of bow up to her. And so she kind of hesitates and Fox is able to duck out of the way. She's going to use um, her precision strike ability when a fighter misses an attack roll they can add a d10 to that same attack roll 
So she's going to roll a d10 to add. It was a 9. She rolled a 10. So it's a 19 now to hit you. Um, so the 19 does hit you in the end. 14 points of damage this time as she hits you again Ouch. with the great sword. Did you fall unconscious? Yes. Of course. Okay. Yes. Her attack is different in this circumstance than other attacks oh, have no. been. Of course. You stabilize at one hit point. However, when she goes, so the first hit, she hits you across the back as you spin around to like kind of stop her, or try and take another dodge action. The next one, she goes for the knees and she cuts your left leg off at the knee. Oh, as crap. Fox falls to the ground with the radiant damage of this sword heating, sizzling, instantly cauterizing through. And then she stands up and holds a hand up to the Aboleth as it falls towards her. However, the Aboleth does not have another action to take at the moment because in the action economy, it's about to be Savage Tempest's turn. Oh! Savage, it is your turn. Holy crap. Alan. I hope you're ready for your rematch, bud. She's all yours. Uh, real quick, DM is... I need to free this dragon. That seems to me more important at this moment. Okay, Alan's like well, pointing at the last sigil. That answers my question. Never mind. Um, <laughs> crap. I am going to go ahead and aim... As he's saying that, I'm going to aim my weapon at the sigil. Like, just pull out my gun as fast as I can. Okay. And attack the sigil with Remember, the it takes an action um, to reload. So you can reload this turn, but I guess if you don't move at all, you can reload and fire. 14 to hit. Uh, 14 to hit is enough. Okay. Oh, wait, whoa. Oh, 20. The final arcane sigil blasts apart, and I'm going to roll initiative for a moonstone dragon. Yay. <laughs> Let's go. Wait, can I use my extra attack, though, still? You still or can. I'm just rolling initiative because now um, Andromeda the Silver Star has entered the chat. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, she goes after Owlin and before Zoth. Uh, okay, so you can now use your extra attack, Savage. As I'm, as I'm reloading, I'm going to scream at the dragon. I was like, do something to get us out of here. And I'm going to turn and point my barrel right at Mavira. Because remember, she's not looking at me. She's looking at the dragon holding her hand out. I'm going to aim for her head and take another shot. I think you have to reload before you can do yeah, that. Yeah, you would oh. have to reload. So reloading is a full action, so it's not going to fit in a oh. bonus action Okay, move. can I like, all right, okay, never mind. I'm pulling out my short swords then. Okay, yeah, drop the gun and go grab ahead, your short drop swords. Drop the gun, grabbing short swords, and I'm going to go ahead and just lunge towards uh, her with the, you everything don't, I got. You don't have a move action because you use oh, your move what? to reload. Is she, so she, is, she, is she in range of attack? You could throw the swords at her like for disadvantage. <laughs> I'm gonna go for it. Yeah, I'm gonna do it because I need. I want. I, I need to do something with her. Savage is gonna go ahead and pull his short sword out and flip it to his so where he's holding the blade and just launch it. Okay. Right at her dome. Uh, roll an attack, but roll it with disadvantage. So you roll twice and take the worst roll, just because this is okay. not really a thrown weapon. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. Um, sixteen. 16 you throw the sword at her and it's the throw is true and it arcs through the air towards her and at the last second she does another one of those kind of ballet moves and bats the sword aside and it ricochets across skipping across the water 
um, as the cavern continues to fall inwards, another chunk in the distance, now about halfway through the cavern, so we're pretty close to where you're standing. The next one will fall towards the group of you. That concludes Savage's turn and brings us to Fox. Oh, Fox, you're stable um, and unconscious. You just have one hit point. So yeah. and one leg. Yeah, and, and one uh, leg. <laughs> so when you say unconscious, am I like just out of the fight or am I screaming in agonizing pain on uh, the ground? You're unconscious. So Okay. Uh yeah, no, I'm I'm uh I'll I'll just continue to be here in agonizing pain about yeah, But you don't need to roll any death saves. That's that's true. So we're gonna skip past Fox's turn and we'll go to Owlin's turn. Okay. Um is there a path in which Alan, so here's a trait that Alan has never used. <laughs> he has healing hands as a racial trait as oh. an Azamar. He can restore eight HP to Fox. Um, is there a path where Alan can can touch Fox and then attack Mavira? Yes. Everyone is close enough to everyone else that you can accomplish that. Okay. So healing's hands, I believe, is a bonus action, so it means I can only get two strikes off with my scimitar, but it still, I think, is worth it. Okay. Um, so Alan is going to, he sees that uh, Savage has destroyed the sigil. He uh, is like, great, good, step one done. He's going to run to Unconscious Fox, um, lay his like left hand on Fox to, to heal him, use this, this ability, and then look up at Mavira with, he's not raging because he just uses bonus action to heal Fox. But the fire that you would normally, or the lightning that you would normally see in the eyes of Alan when he rages is virtually there. Yeah. Like, it's basically there. I said, I'm tired of you and gonna do his two attacks. Uh, first one is a 17. Second one is a uh, 26. Okay, the 17 misses. She ducks out of the way, but the 26 for sure hits. For 10 damage. Describe the killing blow to me. Ooh. Owlin swipes to the left, like, to, to, like, basically, like, lop off an arm. Mavira dodges out of the way. Owlin fakes right, like, with his elbow, and instead just slices directly across, finishes the move that way, and beheads her. Ooh. Dude. Mavira is beheaded. You take a quick breath as the moment seems to freeze in time. You watch as Mavira's body begins to slowly topple away from you. And then Mavira's body is obscured as a shard of crystal falls onto that spot, hiding her body from view and narrowly missing the rest of you. You hear a calming voice speaking a language most of you don't speak. Any of you who understand Sylvan hear a voice singing a lullaby. I believe that's only Jeb because he's got comprehend languages. Um, you hear a female voice singing a lullaby. Um, but of course, Jeb, you can't tell what's happening because you can't see that far. But those of you who are down in Skull Cavern, you hear this voice singing something in Sylvan and you turn and you see that the Moonstone Dragon has spread its wings wide covering you as shards of crystal and water ricochet off of the wings leaving great scratches and gashes and at your feet the ground is beginning to shimmer and slowly around you the ground begins to change and morph into a bed of cloud 
as the Moonstone Dragon begins shifting the group of you from the Material Plane to the Feywild. And as you make this transition from the Material Plane to the Feywild, you hear a shriek and you look up and through the semi-translucent wings of the Moonstone Dragon, you can see an Aboleth all of its different tentacles flailing and racing towards you, its mouth open with four rings of sharp teeth as it screeches and rushes down into Skull Cavern going for the attack at you. And all of a sudden the singing stops and there's silence and you are resting on a bed of cloud. Above you, where the sky should be, there is a gently rolling ocean Waves barely disturbed by wind that blows coolly against your face. The cloud upon which you sit is soft and warm. And beneath you, where the ground ought to be, far beneath you, you can see the sun. The shadows are strangely oriented. And colors seem more vibrant than you've ever seen them before. As you look around at the Feywild, for the first time, not under imminent threat of death. Standing next to you where the dragon was, there is instead a pale, pale almost to the point of translucent skinned woman with long wavy hair that it like shines gold just like her freckles do, almost like starlight. And she sits down cross-legged on the ground as the little rat with its defibrillator runs up and she kind of pets <laughs> it, strokes it along the back and sends it off. It hops off the side of the cloud and instead of plunging to its death, it seems to like run upstairs of nothing and vanish into the ocean above you as it swims away. She looks towards you and says, thank you for rescuing me. Is Jeb here? Who's Jeb? Uh, he was, I, I actually don't know. Where did Jeb go? I'm not sure. Uh uh, Jebediah, you are not in the mm -hmm. Feywild. She did not know about you. You are still in the water in your pocket dimension. Yep. Um, but none of you know that, the four of you. Uh, I, I believe... Did I, I'm trying to remember. Did Alan see Jeb fly up? The only person who saw Jeb fly up was Savage, and then okay. Jeb vanished. Like, he flew towards the ceiling, and then he poofed, mm -hmm. and that's okay. all you know. Magic tunnel. <clears throat> Do you take tea? Uh, I, I do, um, and you're very welcome for rescuing you. Uh, we have a friend somewhere back there. I don't know where he went. She reaches down into the cloud and lifts up a teapot and kind of like brushes some cloud fluff off of the top of it. Then she reaches down and says, oh, yes, here's a mug. You should all have some. And as you reach into the cloud around you, you're able to find and, and lift a mug. Um, you kind of upend it and the little wisps of cloud come out and she pours each of you tea. The tea is warm and refreshing and soothing. And if you have any exhaustion, it cures your exhaustion points. Um, if you mm. do not have any exhaustion, it instead recovers two D6 hit points as Ooh, you nice. lay there. Fox, you are still unconscious, though you have been moved into this this safe place. No, I, I resuscitated him yeah. with uh, oh, healing hands. Okay. Um, so so you are just laying there anyway, though? Yeah, you're laying there <laughs> on the ground. Um, and okay. we we cut from here to Jebediah Peppermint, who is sitting in the stillness with the bloody cauterized wounds of Lerodith, Avatar of Oara, the only thing you can look at 
it's otherwise a blank room with a blank carpet with some elevator music yep. playing mockingly as if you know everything was all right in the world and everything was safe and you look down and you can still see one aboleth looking straight up at where your pocket dimension is and in the back of your mind all you can hear is the tick 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 of time counting down on your one hour short rest and on that note tonight's dungeons and dragons session comes to a close <laughs>